This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. I'm Roshan Kanesan and welcome to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. The S&P 500 hit a new high this week and driving this bull run, the AI revolution and big tech's magnificent seven. That's Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA and Tesla. As reported in the New York Times earlier this week, since the index index hit is low in October 2022, these seven stocks have collectively risen nearly 120%, far outpacing the performance of the other companies in the S&P 500. But how long can this last? That, I guess, is the question. With earnings season ongoing, today Enterprise Explorers asks the question, how far can Big Tech's Magnificent Seven go? And to help us answer this question, we've got on the line with us Daniel Ives, Managing Director of Wetbush Securities. Among other things, we'll get into Dan's earnings forecasts for the Magnificent Seven this season, the impact of the AI revolution on these big tech stocks, and the role AI will play in shaping the business models of giants like Apple, Alphabet, and Microsoft. If you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp us on our U-Mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, always a pleasure speaking with you, Dan, although it's been on my end a few years. I know Morning Run still speaks to you quite often. Now, before we explore this uh, in more depth, what's your overall forecast for big tech in 2024, especially concerning in all the big topics, right, whether it's cloud computing, big data and AI? Look, we believe the new tech bull market has begun. You know, this sort of been our call since last year. I think it's it's a Pillsbury Doughboy soft landing. You have a tech spending trend like AI we haven't seen since Star of the Internet in 1995. Fed's going to cut valuations. Obviously, people could fret about, but but we believe tech goes up another 30 percent this year. Um, with that in mind, what are your earnings expectations for uh, key components of the of the Magnificent Seven in this earnings season? I know there's seven of them. You might not be able to get through all of them, but maybe some of the key ones. Look, I think first, let's group it into the cloud players. I think Microsoft, first off, it, it, look, that's really the golden child, along with the godfather of AI, NVIDIA, because you're really starting to see the monetization. The use cases explode. I think that's going to be a huge upside for Microsoft, and we're going to start the monetization this quarter. But you're also going to see in the likes of Google and Amazon from a cloud perspective. And it's very important when we think about where AI, what's driving this, do we actually see the monetization? I think we actually start to see it. And, of course, that's led by the Don Corleone, the godfather of AI, Jensen, NVIDIA. I mean, that... The only game in town, numbers can continue to go up probably another 25% relative to the street. And I think these stocks continue to move higher. You know, and, and then to round it out, you look at what we're going to get from Apple, where I believe the fears of a massive slowdown in China or share gains has been more of a fictional Netflix story than the reality. And I think they're they're actually in a renaissance of growth. And I think you could say the same for the likes of Netflix, that, that we're seeing that renaissance of growth from a content perspective and subscriber growth. And look, the only laggard's been Tesla, which 
is going through a clear growth transition in terms of overall EVs, but I think they navigate this. And on the other side, I actually think there's just a whole other phase of the Tesla growth story with autonomous. And then we're going to dive into each of these companies in a little more detail as we go on with this conversation. Uh, but based on the on your recent checks, um, talk to us a little bit about how you think the or you feel the AI revolution is influencing both enterprise and consumer demand within the tech sector. Less cautious. I mean, that would be the best way I could summarize it. Talking to enterprise around the world, a less cautious spending environment because. CIOs, they can't just wait. If their competition's going for use cases on, on AI, they can't just wait. So what that's doing is accelerating this cycle. And we're talking about a trillion dollars of incremental spend over the next decade. That's just for the enterprise. When it comes to consumer, this is, I think, a potential game changer when it comes to the ad models, Meta, Google, that we're seeing across social media. It's creating the use cases that many thought wouldn't come for a few years. And I guess, you know, just to dive a little deeper into that, how, how do you perceive, I guess, that the role of AI in driving the business strategies of the big tech companies, such as Apple, such as Alphabet and, and Microsoft, of course? This is a Game of Thrones. It's an arms race that's playing out because in tech, everyone recognizes from the consumer side to the enterprise, whether it's Apple, whether it's Amazon, of course, Microsoft, big tech, the stronger are going to get stronger. Now, there's going to be small mid-cap companies like a MongoDB, a Palantir, some of the cybersecurity names mm. like Zscale or CrowdStrike. But this is one for tech. It's a goldmine. And it's going to catalyze a massive, massive spending wave. We saw that with Meta when Zuckerberg talked about the $10 billion in terms of what they spent on, you know, ju just for mm -hmm. chips from NVIDIA. I think it just start, it speaks to what we're starting to see. Um, curiously, uh, among all the those names that I mentioned there, uh, of all of them, Apple has been the most quiet on the AI front, uh, Dan. Uh, what are your thoughts on Apple's potential in the AI space? I think Apple has the biggest install base in the world, you know, from a consumer perspective. So there's a huge opportunity. Apple's clearly been close to the vest. Now, I believe they come out with the AI app store that they'll announce later this year. That's going to give them the opportunity to monetize it on the services side through the app store. And then I think they're going to embed AI technology into iPhone 16. Mm. I think when you look, a Vision Pro, you know, just released, you know, obviously to, to the market, that's starting a whole new form factor and really giving developers a whole nother platform that's going to, at the end of the day, that's going to further monetize the Cupertino ecosystem. Speaking of the Vision Pro, Dan, I know it's on pre-order now. They've uh, launched some a video on it. Uh, it goes officially on sale in on the first of Feb, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, obviously, a bit of an eye-watering price tag for now. 
Uh, I do understand you you expect it to become cheaper over time. But given, you know, that we developers make or break these new form factors, right? And we, we've seen, you know, the likes of YouTube, uh, Spotify and Netflix say they're not ready to commit to building apps for the Apple Vision Pro. How, in your view for, of Apple, how important is the Vision Pro towards the company's future? Well, I think it's very important from a developer perspective because, developers as they build apps that's when more and more consumers mm. are going to go on and and for now this is about developers two years from now we're looking at a device that probably costs 1200 hours and you're probably going to have five to 700 apps and eventually ai apps so it's very important front and center developers build on the apple platform that speaks to the model, which is why Apple, you know, obviously competing more with Microsoft, most valuable company in the world. Yeah, they seem to be having a little bit of back and forth in terms of who is the most valuable. I think at the close today, Apple retook it at $3 trillion in market cap, but it's really just a few percentage points that's, uh, that's the difference today in terms of that. Um, well, Dan, in a few minutes, we'll talk a little bit more about Microsoft, which you've called uh, the golden child, a child, of course, Alphabet and Amazon. We need to dive into them as well. Uh, but we'll do that after a few messages. Folks, you're listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. With the S&P 500 hitting a new high this week and earnings season ongoing, today we're exploring Big Tech's Magnificent 7, the AI revolution, and how far they can go with Daniel I. Managing Director of Wetbush Securities. I'm Rishan Kunison. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Brave Finance Managers, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. I'm Roshan Kunison and welcome back to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Earlier this week, the S&P 500 hit a new high and leading the charge in this new tech bull run is Big Tech's Magnificent 7 and the AI revolution. Since the index hit its low in October 2022, the Magnificent 7 stocks are up just under 120%, far outpacing the performance of the overall index which is up around 35% or so in the same period. Today, Enterprise explores Big Tech's Magnificent 7 and how far they can go with Daniel Ives, Managing Director of Wetbush Securities. Among other things, we're exploring the impact of the AI revolution on the valuation of these big tech stocks, as well as the role that AI will play and cloud computing in shaping the business models of giants such as Apple, Alphabet, and Microsoft. Um, Dan, earlier we were talking a little bit about Apple and your views on that. They've been a little bit quiet to the game right now, but you do expect uh, an AI app store to come to the game later this year, as well as the iPhone 16 to have an AI assistant or AI inbuilt into it. I'm guessing similar to what we're seeing with Samsung's uh, Galaxy AI. Um, on a wider uh, on a wider look here, um, let's talk a little bit about the potential of AI monetization and that impact on companies such as NVIDIA, such as Microsoft, such as Google. What are your expectations in terms of AI monetization and how it's going to boost performance for these companies, the big, the Magnificent Seven in 2024? Look, the, the enterprise opportunity is 10x the consumer opportunity in the next two years. So when we think about NVIDIA, Microsoft, what I believe is going to be Google, Amazon, and, and many other enterprise 
players, including Salesforce, Adobe, and others, it's about use cases. Mm -hmm. We have over 80 use cases today. Three months ago, that was less than 15. So as the use cases explode, this is just tip of the iceberg in terms of this tidal wave of spending now coming to the shores of tech. And how do you see, as I guess this becomes a much more sought after space, how do you foresee the competition shaping up between the major tech companies, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, uh, uh, in the AI-driven, in AI and the AI-driven cloud market? Look, right now, in terms of from an AI engineer perspective, Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, it's kind of the three-head monster, right? And mm. that are they're really running the show. Microsoft NVIDIA one and two filed, I think, much further down than by Google. Look, there's gonna be companies today that AI is gonna put them on the map. Others, AI might be their downfall if they're on the outside looking in. So each company is gonna have a different strategy how to monetize. I think it's also going to spur significant M&A in terms of deal-making. And I think what's going to start to happen is, is that I want to call it FOMO, but companies can't wait. There's a shortages of chips. If you wait, you go to the back of the line. So you're going to see an influx of spending this next six to nine months. And with that said, you know, we could sit here all day long and talk about valuations. But so many investors have missed every transformational tech stock from Netflix, Tesla, Microsoft, to Apple, and others because they became too focused on their DCFs and valuations, missing the forest of the trees. Uh, Dan, on this note, do you think uh, DCF is such a conventional and important part of how we value equities and, uh, and, and I guess, companies. Um, is, it, is it slightly, when it comes to transformative uh, areas, does it fall short of being able to value these companies? Well, I think in some ways, I wouldn't say it falls short. I'd say you can't just put these companies in a little box and say it's expensive on a forward PE. Mm. You have to be able to look, just so let's say from a DCF perspective, in a bull case where numbers could go in the next three years, four years, five years. And some of the valuations you start to do off that rather than just a static PE. I mean, look, NVIDIA is cheaper today than it was nine months ago, despite the stock being a triple. Because it, so I'm just saying it's it it's very important for investors when they when they look at these stocks to almost have sort of scenario analysis that gives you the ability to be like okay if this stock gets crushed into market drawdown I'm going to buy this stock at X or Y in terms of a certain price point. Um, you mentioned earlier m and I understand that you were at the CES or the Consumer Electronics Show uh, and one of the things that you saw on the floor was just uh, a lot of executives who were not necessarily uh, there to, to man boots, for example, or weren't supposed to be there. Um, what is your view, I guess, on m and activities? You think, you think it's going to ramp up this year, particularly in the AI and emerging tech space? 
I'd say they're it's time to get the popcorn ready. Mm. I think it's going to be massive M&A because you're going to have strategic financial, you know, PE because this is, it's a golden era and the fed, despite jawbone and they're going to cut, it's a, it's a soft landing, almost like a pillow. And unless you have a telescope, it's hard to find a recession. And in that environment, that is deal-making 101. Because a technology trend like this comes around every 30 years. And that's why we call it 1995 moment, because it's like 1995, start the internet. But it's not like 1999 in terms of the bubble. And that's because of the monetization potential of the tech? Because of the monetization. Mm -hmm. It's not just some pie in the sky, never going to. You're seeing it. You're seeing the spending. And that's the difference now versus then. And also, you have tech companies that generate more cash in some countries. They're not red ink needing to raise money to get to the next three quarters. So it's a much different. So I just. I want to say I take offense, but like a lot of times investors are like, oh, it's another bubble. I mean, look, mm. I've covered tech since the 90s, right? So I've seen everything. This is not a bubble, in my opinion. It's real. Earlier, you talked a little bit about how the potent, they could, um, it, this could either be really good for the incumbents or you could see emerging players come up and this could be really good for them, I guess, for them to get a little bit of a leapfrog or a quantum leap ahead. Um Based on either what you're observing or what you saw at CES, uh, what emerging players do you see as potential leaders or disruptors uh, in the AI revolution? Yeah, it's, I, I look at names like MongoDB, Palantir, who we call the Messi of AI. They're, you know, I think there's they'll be a household name, Palantir, in the next few years because they're probably the purest play AI platform out there. Mm. Then you have names like Snowflake. And and what I actually believe is that you're going to have these massive install-based plays in software from Oracle to Adobe to Salesforce.com. This is going to be a renaissance of growth that you're going to see across software. Now, we can't talk about AI without talking about, as you put it, the godfather of AI, NVIDIA. Uh, talk to us a little bit about NVIDIA's role as a leader in AI and it's, and the impact this will have on the company's future growth prospects. I think you mentioned earlier, Dan, that NVIDIA is cheaper today on a PE basis than it was a year ago. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Jensen, the godfather of AI, the Don Corleone, it's the only game in town. I mean, they built it, everyone's coming. And you can't get an AI deployment without an NVIDIA GPU chip. Now look, AMD, like Lisa Sue, a huge fan, like they're going to get a piece of this market in the next few years. Intel, others will. But for now, I mean, NVIDIA, you're seeing a demand environment that we're seeing across Asia that basically speaks for chips through the end of 2025. And I think even when you've seen at an early tech earnings season from the chip players, I think this is going to be just a massive historical inflection for the chip players. 
Up next, we'll talk about Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, Tesla, and of course, Meta, who we should not forget about as well. Folks, you're listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. And today, Daniel Ives of Wetbush Securities has been helping me explore uh, Big Tech's Magnificent Seven and how far they can go. I'm Roshan Kunnison. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. But films, man. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, I'm Roshan Kunnison and welcome back to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. The S&P 500 hit a new high this week and leading the charge is the new bull run in the in Big Tech's Magnificent Seven and the AI revolution. Since the index hit its recent low back in October 2022, uh, the Magnificent Seven stocks are up around 120% or so, far outpacing the performance of the overall index which is only up around 35% in the same period. Nothing to scoff at, of course, but definitely not the same level as what we saw with the Magnificent Seven. Today, Enterprise explores Big Tech's Magnificent Seven and how far they can go with Daniel Ives, Managing Director of Wetbush Securities. We're talking about the impact of the AI revolution on the valuations of Big Tech stocks, as well as how AI will change up the business models of giants such as Apple, Apple, Alphabet and Microsoft. Uh, Dan, earlier you were talking to us a little bit about how you're seeing, how you're expecting M&A to become uh, much hotter this year uh, with and some of the potential disruptors in the space could be the cybersecurity plays in the AI space as well. And talk a little bit more on uh, NVIDIA's role as a leader in the AI revolution. Um, the other name, of course, that we can't run away from when we talk about the AI revolution is Microsoft. Um, talk to us a little bit about the role in the future developments you foresee from this company, uh, especially with uh, co-pilot deployment uh, and given how present they are in both the enterprise software space and cloud computing. Microsoft, I mean, what we're seeing in the Dell and Redmond, I mean, they're the torchbearer for the Shrek when it comes to co-pilot, open AI with Altman. I mean, they're really leading the charge, you know, from a software perspective. And I'd say now... It's gone from the NVIDIA stage mm. to the Microsoft stage. And, and, and this is now where we start to see the monetization really morph. And what will, I guess, drive Microsoft this year? Will it be the deployment of uh, Copilot? Will it be uh, the cloud computing still? Look, I mean, we believe when you look at AI, based on our work, it could be incremental 20, 25 billion a year. For cloud. So I think Microsoft, I mean, the reason the stock continues to move high, we think a $4 trillion market cap along with Apple over the next year, because the monetization is just starting. This is almost a re-reading of the whole Microsoft story just now happened in front of our eyes. And Alphabet, um, not the most highly regarded in the AI space, although they have caught up and it seems that they've gotten barred uh, to look, uh, they've gotten their, their act together in this space. But given that they were supposed to have the lead in this space with all that deep wine work, how do you assess Alphabet's current position in, the, in AI compared to competitors such as Microsoft? And how do you see them going forward from here? Six months ago, it was dark. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Six months ago, it felt like miles and miles, years behind. 
They've made aggressive progress, narrowed the gap, all hands on deck. I believe they're a hidden gem what's going to happen on the cloud side. Because GCP, because of Google Cloud, you know, as much as we talk on the consumer side, and they're going to monetize that significantly on the advertising and YouTube. What they could do on the cloud front could be a game changer. I think it could add 30 to $40 per share to the Alphabet story. I, I think this is actually going to be one of the superstars this year in tech. So definitely a name to keep in mind this year. Uh, another name that we shouldn't forget about, of course, is Amazon. Where do they fit in the AI, AI revolution? I know they've uh, acquired or had a, made a significant investment into Anthropic. Um, will it be limited to their cause like e-commerce and cloud computing? Or do you see other things, especially with that investment in Anthropic? Oh, I think this is just the start. Oh, because, ja- I mean, Andy Jazzy is an AWS guy, right? Like, you know, it was like, they clearly are behind on AI. They need to play catch-up. And they're going to do M&A. They're going to, they have the biggest install base from a cloud perspective, but now they need to cruise the gap. I mean, we're bullish on Amazon, just on the sum of the parts, stabilization that's happened on the, on the e-commerce side, but, the biggest thing that needs to happen this year is narrow the gap in AI. And I will be shocked if they're not successful in doing that. Dan, who do you think has the biggest appetite for M&A among the Magnificent Seven? I think biggest appetite is, is Microsoft. I mean, you know, we saw with Activision. I think we're going to see more M&A coming out of them. I think OpenAI was the start. But I think... Who's going to be the biggest net acquirer of the Magnificent Seven? I think it's Amazon because they're the one that has the most ground to make up. Yeah. Uh, given, you know, how much money that Apple prints, uh, it's interesting to see that they've never been uh, mega acquirers. Uh, you know, the biggest acquisition I think they've had was uh, beats by Dre, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you see this changing or will they, you know, keep it status quo, operate as they've always have? Well, well I think it's going to have to change because yeah, I, I think when you look back in the Jobs Cook era, there's not many mistakes. The biggest strategic mistake they ever made was not acquiring Netflix mm. when they could have. I think here, if an asset similar comes on the block, like an ESPN, you know, with all with everything that's going on at Disney, and they're going to have to they're going to have to do acquisitions because th- this is a period of time for Apple. It's about further monetizing the install base, and I think you're going to see a much more acquisitive company over the next five years than the last five years. Do you have any thoughts um, behind why they've been so hesitant to go out and acquire in the past? It's the culture. Of Cupertino, mm. internally developed within Apple Park, they're not big fans of M and A. They feel that they could do it better than anyone else. But the thing here is that it's about speed. That's why they're going to have to do M and A. Yeah, I guess it's very similar to what they did with Beats by Dre, right? It's basically it was the 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 foundation of what became Apple Music, but it came later, much later to the gate than competitors. Um, the other two companies that we haven't talked about, of course, Dan, uh, Tesla and Meta, two companies that we shouldn't uh, 
uh, ignore given how much they've grown and given even if Tesla has la- been a laggard, um, you can't deny that you know this is a hefty stock with that moves the market essentially. So talk to us a little bit about expectations for uh, Tesla first, uh, whether with AI and electric vehicles, and we'll talk about Meta after. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you, you're seeing a big transition. I mean, it, it's a growth transition with electric vehicles. Adoption curve has definitely been disappointing. I think for Tesla, it's really about the price war in China. I mean, you, the, it was a successful move in 23, but it, it's a tightrope. If you have more and more price cuts, it hurts margin. And, and that's the biggest issue going forward. I think they're going to be able to navigate it. I mean, our view... Look, our view on Tesla, you're owning it not just for EVs, but the autonomous story. And that's still ahead of you. That said, it's definitely been bumpy, to say the least, for 2024. But we've been there before. And you know, we think this is a stock that fair value is $350, 400 Wow. Uh, and given that it's currently around $209, that's still a lot of headroom there to go. Um, <clears throat> the company is currently around $650 billion in market cap, around 67 times PE. Uh, what's going to drive earnings um, for for Tesla, Dan? Because a lot of times the, the criticism I hear about Tesla is that it's a car company. It makes its money through car sales. But from the bulls, I always hear that there's a software component to it as well or a services component. Uh, could you elaborate on that? Yeah, we view it as disruptive tech, not auto. I mean, in terms of full self-driving, the software component, the recurring nature of it, that just that's going to get bigger and bigger. And, and I think the thing that's really going to, I think, key to the story is the stabilization of margins. No more price cuts. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I think ninety-five percent of that's done, but we need to get to that point, and that's been the struggle for the stock. Is this a comparable to Apple, perhaps, where uh, with Apple's install base being the current size that it is, it then monetizes or increases the monetization of services on the, that install base? Do you, do you see that happening as a trajectory for Tesla? Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's a page out of that playbook. The difference is, is that Apple built it at such a rapid rate for 15 years. Tesla still has another four or five years of heavy lifting to build that to where you're doing three, four million vehicles per year. They're just at 1.8 million. That, and, and you have to do it in margins that will ramp. So that's, that's the carrot and the stick approach for Tesla. Dan, let's talk about Meta, formerly known as Facebook, of course. Um, they got a lot of flack a few years ago and the stock price got hit when uh, they showed us how much money they were spending on virtual reality. Uh, today, the stock has recovered significantly. It was actually probably one of the best performers last year. Um, where do you see Meta going forward from here? And uh, has it been underrated, I guess? It has. I mean, look, it's the comeback kid. I mean, betting against Zuck and what Meta's done the year of efficiency, they're spending more in AI than they are metaverse. And I think for them, look, it's a similar, it's about the install base and further monetizing. You're also seeing on digital advertising a stabilization. That's huge for meta. It's huge for Instagram. And I think this is one where 
we still see significant upside because of the monetization on the AI on the on the digital advertising side. And where do you see its uh, where do you see its role in the AI uh, revolution? I think they're going to be leading the consumer piece. I mean, I think this is significant what it could do to the digital advertising model, engagement with their install base, billions of consumers on a daily basis. This could be the, you know, almost the magic wand that they that they couldn't find before in terms of their next stage of growth. I think will be AI driven. Uh, as we wrap up this conversation, Dan, uh, talk to us a little bit about what do you foresee as the key challenges that big tech and the Magnificent Seven are going to face in 2024, whether that's uh, implementing AI solutions effectively or other headwinds ahead? Look, I think, I mean, of course, there's economic, geopolitical, you know, all of the above type thing. I, I think the biggest risk to the market, to the bull thesis, it's U.S.-China cold tech war. Mm-hmm. Like if, the, if that got ratcheted up because of the nature of chips and the supply chain, that would be the biggest risk. Regulatory, I mean, it's there, but I don't worry too much about Brussels or the Beltway in terms of what the, what's going to happen there. So you have risks. But overall, when I look at this 2024, I see green. I think this, I'm not saying it's not going to be bumpy. And we're not going to have some twists and turns, but I think there's a new tech bull market. Dan, as always, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure thank speaking you. with Thanks you. Thank you for having me. I was speaking with Daniel Ives, Managing Director of Wetbush Securities, and you've been listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast players. Just search for Enterprise Explores. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.